Today I want to talk about the glass ceiling in art. As you know, I've been making sculptures for almost five decades. My pieces have been seen around the world since the 70s, and when people see my work, they're taken back. Children ask their parents if the people and the figures are real. They don't know how to react to them. Maybe they've never seen anything like them. Adults also say the same thing. Are they real? I think they're going to open their eyes at any minute. I've never seen anything so real. Are they scary? Do they scare you? No, they're hyper real. Like every artist, my work is part of a historical lineage. The art movement I'm associated with is called hyperrealism. The term was first used in 1973 and called hyperrealismy by the Belgian art dealer Issy Brachat. The show he put together focused on the American photorealists working at that time. The photorealists are people who make paintings that focus in a specific and intimate detail on their subjects to reveal a truth that transcends what a camera can capture. And it's two-dimensional. It's a painting that looks like a photograph. The term became popular in the late 70s when Dwayne Hansen, John D'Andrea, and I began creating and painting lifelike fiberglass sculptures, thereby giving birth to hyperrealism. For as long as there's been a thing called hyperrealistic sculpture, I've been someone who has shaped and defined the width and breadth of that movement. However, in the production of the history of hyperrealism, and even more broadly, of lifelike sculpture, I've seen my work passed over and reduced, while my contemporaries have been elevated and given credit for starting the movement. Institutions like the Met and MoMA have been central players in deciding which artists become the canon of a movement. Two years ago, hyperrealism was featured prominently in a show at the Met Bauer called Lifelike Sculpture, Color, and the Body. I respect and value the 120 art objects that were included in the show, and in principle, I don't mind that my work didn't appear. However, when I went to visit this show, it got me thinking about what differentiates my work from those of my contemporaries from the 1970s and 80s. So I want to talk frankly about the operation of patriarchy in the art world. Here's the thesis. Men's voices have dominated the industry of art criticism. See Clement Greenberg's See the Royal Academy of Art, etc. Even when it comes to female subjects, the art that's valued is that which depicts the gaze of male artists. See the ratio of nude women subjects to women artists in the Met's modern art sections that the Gorilla Girls made famous are 85% of the nudes are women. Only 5% of the nudes are of men. Art that elevates the way a woman looks at anything, and maybe especially women artists, is totally written out of art history. This isn't shocking to anybody, but I think it's worth repeating and considering, and I want to speak to what is lost by dismissing my perspective on female identity. My sculptures are women, and they portray strength, power, and balance. They aren't an allegory for these things, which of course has been a long staple of the use of women's bodies in men's art. Instead, each figure is at a point in her personal journey that has allowed her to recognize these things in herself. There's a wide functional gap between that depiction and those of my contemporaries, John DeAndrea and Dwayne Hansen. Hansen's figures play with a tradition of satire. 
They are parodies of the American domestic image that was airbrushed into every magazine in the 1960s. D'Andrea's sculptures have more to do with mine in that the politics of his figures are less explicit. However, he has acknowledged within his own oeuvre the particularity of his perspective and the centrality of sexuality in his work. He is known for doing the female nude. This is particularly evident in a sculpture called Allegory after Corbeau in 1988. In this work, a female nude figure stands behind and gazes at a clothed male figure who's regarding an unfinished sculpture of a woman in his hands. These works are wonderful in that they openly talk about the gendered subjectivity present in all production and consumption of artworks. However, that is the beginning of that conversation, not the end. D'Andrea participates in that tradition. Male artist, female subject, male gaze, and male power. My art subverts it. The figures of women I create are not constructed for the male viewer to regard as a symbolic other but for the human viewer to connect with as the vehicles of their individual lives. Each of them is in a moment that holds their inner strength, their power, and the wisdom they've gained from the challenges they've overcome in their lives. These are stories that each sculpture portrays, and they're stories that I've experienced and had in my life. I think that's at the heart of their success in the art market. They're emotional. I also think that if hyperrealism is a tool, then my practice of representing women is an expansion of what that tool can be used for, and that's worth noting. My pieces don't confront you with their personhood. They mostly don't stare at you and demand a response. Actually, mostly all of them have their eyes closed. That's because they don't need your gaze. Their dialogue is internal. And that internal reality is something that has been left out of representations of women again and again. I don't want people to look back at this era of art making and say that the internal reality of women was missing from the practice. But when work like mine and other female artists are left out of history, that's exactly how it will look. And the women artists after me will have to start from scratch. That's the true function of the glass ceiling, right? My career has been to make this tool for talking about the experiences and reality of women, and I want the artists who come after me to have that tool. If I can't break through the canon, then they won't have it. They'll have to spend their careers inventing it for themselves and then never get to the point where humanity really moves forward. So I'm asking, what's next? <laughs>